1: We just struggled with all the technology that comes with this for like a good solid five minutes, just not knowing what was going wrong, so I'm glad that we're up and running now. You (laughs) know, you accidentally
0: hit mute, or something doesn't want to work. This is my
1: first time actually hearing myself the last two episodes. I was like, I don't know, I can't hear myself, but now I can, so (laughs) we're rocking.
0: Because I had your headphones <laughs> muted, and nobody, nobody that I interviewed in person ever said anything about why I wanted them to wear headphones, they were muted.
1: Oh, okay. Because I
0: muted it for the feedback when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to hear myself. Um, no, I am supposed to hear myself. <laughs> oh
0: my God, what a great start yeah. to the day. <laughs> so.
1: You want to talk about some true crime events? Yeah, um, so Gabby was found, right? Yeah. Um, don't really know anything else. I did hear about how some people on TikTok are being, having a lot of backlash for being like psychic readers trying to communicate with her and they're kind of getting um, some hate for it. So that's the only thing that I've heard. Recently, It was actually on the radio this morning, so that was kind of weird, but... That's crazy. Yeah.
0: I don't like when people use, like, people's hurt to try to get publicity for themselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that at all.
1: There is this one TikToker who was using one of... I've never heard of this, but it's like a shadow box or something like that. And you, you basically ask it questions, and then like a distorted voice comes out from it and then it like he's like translating it almost of what it's saying and he was like basically saying that Gabby was responding in this shadow box and like he was like share my video for like support or something like that and I'm like that's a little fucked up that you Mm -hmm. are using this for your own gain. Yeah.
0: Because I think okay, I do believe in psychic. Mm-hmm. But I think the ones that are like really good psychics, they go to law enforcement when they have tits. Mm-hmm. They don't use it to get clout on social media. Oh, no, yeah. No, that's not a good and I look. I don't know about the shadow boxing. That sounds creepy.
1: It, okay. So they played it on the radio and it was really creepy. It was like, ar, ar, and I'm like, oh, that was a word? <laughs> it was really creepy, though. I did not like enjoy listening to that.
0: No, I don't think that I would either. Mm mm. I saw they issued a warrant for Brian Landry's arrest for using her debit card. Oh, no. Like, he used her debit card, like, on the 1st, I think it said. That's that's all the new information I've seen about that. Ugh. And then they finally found or identified the body of that man that was missing in Illinois, the Jelani Day, the graduate student that was missing, And he had been missing at the same time as Gabby, and his mom was really upset because he wasn't getting the media attention. Right. So she had went to CNN herself. Wow. And then they confirmed that a body they had found in the river belonged to him. So it's very tragic for his family and his mom, but I'm glad that he was found so she doesn't have to keep looking. Right. Ugh. I have no idea what happened, but... There's a lot of, like, river deaths like that that are really weird in the true crime community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what comes of that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they do a better job investigating. Yeah,
1: on both what comes from each situation that's going on right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I know some people are mad. They're like, oh, well, this is shady that it took them this long to do an identification, but... I think that part is pretty normal, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not more the media, like I don't think law enforcement has done anything shady at this point, mm-hmm. but the media they pick and choose which stories they tell And yeah. a lot of time it is based on race,
1: yeah, which is uh why I'm doing what I'm doing today um just to give some more light to people that haven't really been talked about um Just after all this Gabby you know, headlines, I wanted to do more of especially Well, I'll get into it on (laughs) my part, but yeah, that's why that's what that's what inspired me to do what I'm gonna do today. Yeah. Anything else going on with you though? Um Oh wait, actually I have one thing. What? I'm gonna shout out Australia. Because apparently 1% of our listeners are from Australia. Which is awesome. Like how? Thank you, Australia. The 1%. We love you. We love you, Americans, too. Yeah. Let's get anywhere else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you guys enjoy listening, definitely share with everyone. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Share us in your stories. Tag us. We'll shout you out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, I know one other thing I wanted to mention about the Gabby case Mm. is of one reason a lot of people were upset. There are 710 missing indigenous people in the area where she was found. A lot of them women and children. And I don't know what's being done about it.
1: That sucks because they, everybody went crazy about Gabby's case and Mm -hmm. there was not one person that didn't know about it. And I can't name any names from the indi- indigenous missing people, which is just, it's heartbreaking because it is. people of color also deserve a spotlight and they're just as important as anybody else.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not to say like Gabby shouldn't have gotten the attention because some people have taken it that far.
1: Mm-mm, no. I think
0: I, I want everyone to get the yes. attention. Yeah. Like I shared on social, pick a case from your area. Mm-hmm. If you really want to share, you like, are obsessed with true crime like we are, Yeah. look on NamUs, mm-hmm. find an unsolved case, yeah. like an on un- missing person, and see what you can bring to it. Right. Yeah, so that's my little rant about that today. I, like, I liked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who is going first today? I can keep rolling with it. I feel like we got a good groove. Okay, go if, for it. Okay. Um, So, like I mentioned before, I'm doing the Missing Hispanic People in Wisconsin. Um, On this episode, I will be dedicating it to the Missing Hispanic People in Wisconsin, since it is National Hispanic Heritage Month. And being Guatemalan myself, I found that it would be fitting to focus entirely on people with Hispanic roots on my portion of this episode. I love that. <laughs> um A little fact about wisconsin so unlike some states wisconsin has not enacted billy's law um after billy smolensky of cheshire washington passed um so he went missing and they enacted this um legislation that would aid families in the research of missing loved ones Uh, billy's law would require the fbi to share information excluding sensitive and confidential data Uh, with the public database. So local advocates here in Wisconsin, um, they say they are working with state lawmakers on potential legislation um, to be passed right now. So if you ever see a Billy's Law, um, look into that. And just um, if there's like a petition to get that going, um, definitely sign that because it would help a lot of people that are struggling with their missing families and friends just to make that easier in that process.
0: Yeah, I bet we could um, email our Congress people and senators, too. I love emailing (laughs) my
1: senators. (laughs) I bet you do, Fallon. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to go. I have six missing people that I'm going to cover on this, and I know that sounds really long, but it's not just because of, like I said before, they're not really covered. Right. So I don't have a ton of information, um, but I'm going to touch base on all of them because they are important. Um, so, missing person number one, Ganem E. Avilia, is a biracial Hispanic and white little boy who went missing on January 1st, 2013, at the age of five years old. Uh, he has beautiful brown eyes with brown hair, and at that time, he was three uh, two, um, and he was 80 pounds. Um, since then, he has obviously grown. If He is still, you know, with us today. Right. Um, Gannon was last seen with Maria Inés de la Cruz, Avila, also known as Maria Avila, um, or Maria Inés, or Inés Avila. Um, She is 5'1", with brown hair and brown eyes, weighing about 148 pounds, and would be 48 years old now. Um, So that is his mother. Okay. So a felony warrant for custodial interference was issued for Maria on September 25th, 2013. Um, and it is theorized that she may have taken him to Mexico in order to um, have full custody of him. Okay. Um, this case has been classified as a non custodial abduction, meaning the non custodial parent takes the child without permission or refuses to return. Of the child after a designated visitation time. Again, he would be thirteen years old at this time. Um, if anybody has any information on his disappearance, uh, please call the Waukesha County Sheriff's Department at nine 920- two. Wow, that really was messed up on my doc. Nine two zero five four eight seven one four three. As his father and the rest of his family here are still looking for him.
0: I can't imagine. Like, you're the custodial parent, and your child goes mm-hmm. for visitation with the other parent, yes. and you just never get them back. I know. Like, I couldn't... I can't imagine. Because, obviously, he had to have, like, gone through court to even get, get the that, custody. Yeah. And for the mom to not have custody, mm-hmm. there had to have been reasons, because yeah. they don't just do that, right. especially in Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: Especially, like, giving it to a father. Like yeah. it's it's very pro mother here, I believe. It oh yeah, for sure. So I think it it couldn't have been just like, oh, we're gonna just give it over to the father for no apparent reason. There's gotta be real reasons yeah, for that. Definitely. Um I did see in a couple of sources that she might have been with her boyfriend at that time traveling. Um but that wasn't confirmed by anything else, so I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure who the boyfriend was um, or if that was even legitimate, but it's just I feel like maybe kind of important to mention just in case. Yeah. So that's Ganem. If you we're gonna post a picture of all the missing people, I'm gonna make a collage of that and put it mm-hmm. on our Instagram and Facebook. Um he's the most adorable little boy and it it broke my heart. Um missing person number two. Rosalie Chavira Rodriguez, who goes by Cindy. Went missing on 7, 2022, or 2020, oops, from the Wisconsin Dells area at the age of 26. Uh, she has beautiful long black hair and brown eyes, uh, was 5'4", and weighs 150 pounds. Uh, Rosalie was working in Wisconsin Dells at the Wilderness Resort when she was last seen around July second, 2020. Uh, she has no ties to the area and was believed to have returned to her home country of Peru, but she up and, like, vanished in one day.
0: Yeah, I was actually investigating this one oh, for really? this episode, but there wasn't enough information for me to do a whole episode. Yeah. But so I do have, like, a side note for that. Do you? Okay. On October 14th, 2020, they found a body in a suitcase. Yep. You got that too. Yeah, but go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so they thought it might have been her because she was wearing the person. Spreckers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're in sync. mm Hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. And it was her ex-husband that said she was going to Peru, right? I didn't see that part. No, it said a coworker said that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I did not know she had an ex-husband. Yeah,
0: he's the one that reported her missing. Um, I believe. Okay. Yeah, her her ex-husband reported her missing on July 21st, but nobody's seen her since July 2nd, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so
1: um, I'm it's... not sure what happened in between those dates. Yeah, no. I mean, how many months is that? But, uh, there's three weeks, well,
0: 19 days in between when somebody saw her mm-hmm. and when he reported her missing. But I don't know what their relationship was since they were divorced. Oh, like, right seemed interesting but there's there's a lot of theories about this on reddit if you want to take a deep
1: dive yeah so i'll just uh she fallon basically kind of went over it but i'm gonna um just i had a whole thing sorry (laughs) no no no, no, it's okay (laughs) i'm glad that you know i mean that's another person that knows about it so that's really awesome um so on october 20th 2020 and on a Unidentified person's case report reveals new information about human remains found in uh, Chippewa County Barn. last. um, The unidentified person's case report says female human remains were found in a purple suitcase on an abandoned farm along County Highway T uh, between 20th and 30th Avenue. Uh, the victim was wearing uh, black stretch pants and a black t-shirt and, that said Sprecher's, uh Restaurant and Pub on the front. Uh, Rosalie is listed as a potential uh, person that the remains could be um, because there was identification with Rosalie's name on it, The and I think the remains, I don't know how this happened because, like, I don't know if it was skeletal remains, but it said that the remains had long black hair, so it must have not been skeletal.
0: You still have your hair though,
1: oh really? Yep, oh, that's so creepy. It is so creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Reedsburg police chief Patrick Cummings uh stated we are aware of the homicide investigation in Chippewa County, but at this point, it is too early to tell if there is a connection. Uh, chippewa county officials say they have a person of interest but he's not in custody yet for that the remains that were found
0: yeah and i couldn't find anything saying that they'd been identified yet and it's been almost a year yeah
1: yep. i seemed find weird it. To you? it did yeah and like yeah. so there is no nobody brought to like at that point they had somebody as a person of interest but i didn't see anybody get prosecuted i didn't see anybody no. like Uh, they had to test it for her dna to see who she is so how is that not have been revealed yet
0: yeah i couldn't find anything and i thought it was weird because i was looking at it last year and then i came back to it imagining like some more answers Mm -hmm. and on a lot of true crime pages people were providing misinformation like oh it's been positively identified as her
1: yeah and it hasn't it could be anybody yeah yeah mm-hmm so that is uh the Rosalie missing person number two um I'm gonna do missing person number three um this person's n- name I'm probably gonna butcher so I'm just gonna call him Leo because that's what they called him for short. Do you know this one too no okay uh Leo Baron uh went missing on february twenty second 2013 from sock city having brown curly hair and brown eyes uh he was only three years old at this time and would be 12 years old now wow um leo was reportedly uh he wore his hair in like a frohawk style oh i know so cute uh where the hair is longer and wavy on top and shaved on the sides so cute yeah um on february 20th 2013 custody of the child was transferred to his mother um according to the court order the child should have been returned to his biological father on to or er, on tuesday february 26 at 4 p.m however his mother never returned him so this is another case of that um leo and marie maria um also known as marie i think it is marie, yeah. maria jose rampa or Maria Jose Barron. She has a tattoo of Snoopy and Charlie Brown and a star on her right hand. Um, Leo and Marie may be traveling with Alejandro Martinez, who lives in Mexico. Um, They could have been traveling to Uruguay or Mexico, and they could have been traveling in a 1998 Plymouth Grand Voyager in a uh, navy blue color. Um, So if anybody has any information on Leo's disappearance, um, I I mean, Maria is still considered uh, a missing person as well, but I feel like she she had a plan. Yeah. Um, So if anybody has any information on Leo's disappearance, please call the Sauk Prairie Police Department Detective Paul Duman at 608-643-2427 um, otherwise, there is the Sock co-crime stoppers as well. Um, his Obviously, his father still wants him home, and his right. family does too. Um, so I'm going to do missing person number four. Um, Horacio de la Cruz Barrera went missing on December 3rd, 2018, in Beloit, Wisconsin, at the age of 33, Uh, He had like a black, buzzed-down haircut and brown eyes and is 5'5 and weighed about 125 to 135 pounds. Um, He would be 34 years old today, so he's only been missing a year. Mm -hmm. Um, At this time of his disappearance, he was living with his aunt and did not have a vehicle. Uh, He does not have any additional family in the area either, so that was really strange to me. Yeah, not having a vehicle, not really having a lot of family members, or I'm sure he had friends, but not a lot of roots there either. Yeah. Um. So when going through his bedroom, authorities found several forms of identification, as well as his cell phone, leading me to believe that he had no intention of permanently leaving.
0: Right. Um, Why would you leave your phone?
1: Nobody leaves their phone. No. I, I take my phone to the bathroom. Like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Both his employer and his aunt additionally reported that he had some paranoid behavior prior to his disappearance. However, they did not go into further detail of what or how or what he was doing. So I'm um, not quite sure what that means. Kind of mysterious.
0: Yeah, because when people say paranoid behavior, I always wonder, like, was something really going on? Mm-hmm. Or was it a mental health issue? Like, yeah. Like, you never know. Could
1: be could be both. Like, either or. Like, yeah, he, or a
0: combination. Yeah. yeah, or a
1: combination where one feels the other one. Yeah. Um, so police, police had canvassed the area hospitals, and um, nothing came out of that. I don't know why you wouldn't do more than just the hospitals, but that's all they listed, that they just looked into hospitals. Hmm. Um, there has been no activity reported on his bank account, and no one has seen or heard from him since. Despite there being very little information, law enforcement continues to seek answers. If anyone has any information, please contact the Beloit Police Department at 608-364-6807.
0: I think it's crazy that people can still go missing these days. Ugh. I don't know how other cities are, but Seriously. our city is filled with cameras. Cameras everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, Like, I saw somebody stole something at Walmart on the east side, and then they got caught at home on the west side because they followed them on the cameras because we, like, live in a police state. Yes, (laughs) yeah. So how do you just disappear? I don't –
1: like, either you really want to or somebody makes it to that point of concealing that. Yeah. Which I I still don't know how. it has
0: got to be evident somewhere.
1: Yeah, maybe – I would hope so. I hope they have. I mean, it's only been a year since he's been missing, I believe. No, it's not been a year. My bad. 2018. So, and we still don't know anything. Um, But how does a grown man go missing? I don't know, but it happens all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, missing person number five, Tanya Rivera. Um, This one breaks my heart because there's literally no news articles only one source um, that I found with a tiny description of her being missing. And I'll basically read you the description. Tanya, okay. Tanya went missing on 11-23- 2018 from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She has brown hair and brown eyes and would be 16 years old today. And I had to add the brown hair and brown eyes because there was no description for her either, but I found a picture of her. Um, oh, wow. So literally if we don't know who, the what, the where, the why, or anything about her listed. I've seen for other missing people, um, like, family members mm-hmm. listed, or, like, they went missing on, like, on the street or something like that. Yeah. But nothing, nothing for Yeah, her.
0: some people, they'll tell you they were last seen here, mm-hmm. they were wearing this. Mm-hmm. Like, every item of clothing they were wearing. Nothing. Like, everything, and then... I hate to say, but in Milwaukee, it's pretty common for them to have these one-sentence disappearance yeah. things. Because I look into a lot of them, and, there's, and she's a child.
1: Mm-hmm. It makes me so angry knowing that nobody's talking about her. She's important as any other missing person out there.
0: Right. And, and with, like, all the trafficking yes. and stuff that happens, and that was, like, caught publicly yeah. on TV last year, so yes. nobody can
1: deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, how could you deny that? Uh, That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, for (laughs) real. Um, So that's basically it that I found on Tanya, unfortunately. I am obviously going to post a picture of her. So, um, I mean, how is there no post even from her family, though? Like, not that I could find. Yeah.
0: Um, Maybe her family doesn't, like, use social media and stuff.
1: Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's a valid point. Um, if anybody has information about Tanya, please contact the Milwaukee Police Department at 414-933-4444.
0: They made that easy.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm going to have one last missing person. Um, this is Cassandra Aion. Um I'm going to, this is a whole story, so uh, buckle up. Okay. Um, she's also known as Cassie. Um, she was reported missing by her parents on October third, 2020 in Unity, Wisconsin, at the age of 27 years old. She's described as having black hair with a light shade dyed through her um, hair, so basically like that um, highlights that a lot of girls do nowadays, okay. I guess that, always. Yeah. It's a good look. <laughs> um, she has brown eyes, and she has a right side shoulder piece tattoo of roses. Um, On her left forearm, she has a rose, a rosary, and a dove, and she also has Alberto tattooed on her arm. Um, On the day of her disappearance at 3.45 p.m., was last leaving a friend's house, Um, Cassandra failed to show up at work on October 5th, 2020, and never returned home. Uh, she drives a black 2015 Chevrolet Impala with black rims and license plate AHZ2509. Okay. So lots of info.
0: Yeah, this one has a lot of details. Mm
1: hmm. Um, Cassandra was last seen wearing a black long sleeve shirt, blue jeans, and brown boots. So, in a turn of events, Cassandra went from missing person to the subject of a homicide investigation. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Investigators tracked Cassandra's cell phone location for the day that she disappeared. And due to the tracking, it pinpointed the last location along with her ex-boyfriend's last phone location. Oh, wow. So, Jesus Contrasas Perez, age 41, was stalking, abusing, and threatening Cassandra for months Her friends had received photos with her having black eyes caused by Jesus. Authorities allege within two weeks of Cassandra's disappearance, she said Contrez um, told her if she ever cheated on him, uh, he would hide her body so no one would ever find it. And this was said to her in public, so other people did hear that. Right. Um, Cassandra told a friend she broke up with him because he was abusive and because he cheated on her. Uh, The friend said he saw bruises on her wrist and arm and that she told him she was at a tavern. (laughs) I like when people call it (laughs) taverns.
0: Right. So Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, people know that what a tavern is, right? It's not just a Wisconsin thing. I have no idea. It's a it's a bar (laughs) (laughs) Um, with two men. She was with two men at a tavern and then Jesus found out about it. She told him Jesus freaked out and threatened to hurt her. If she hung out with him again. So just a cycle of abuse. October 2nd, 2020. 2020 surveillance video shows Jesus hanging around the parking lot at 5.45pm. Where Cassandra worked at the Marathon Cheese and Marathon City. Uh, Sandra left work and hours later went to a party in Marshfield. Around 4 a.m. on October 3rd, 2020, Cassandra dropped a friend off in Unity, about 15 miles north of Marshfield. Um, Jesus has been formally charged in connection with the disappearance of Cassandra and has been charged with first-degree intentional homicide, domestic abuse, party to a crime, hiding a corpse, um, and party to a—oh, I already said that—and stalking, um— and then resulting in bodily harm he has uh, pleaded not guilty to all charges, which is ridiculous.
0: yeah
1: um his next court hearing will be on October 5th 2020 at 11 at the Clark County Courthouse
0: and so they still haven't found her
1: they did they the they did find her they did they pinged her her last location for her cell phone and that's how they found her body that okay. was buried okay i'm sorry i should have like elaborated it on no because i
0: thought when they first arrested him that they hadn't found her yet
1: i think they did find her body okay pretty sure okay mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so i know mine was kind of quick um it's just because of you know lack of information and um go ahead
0: yeah sometimes we have to do that though like yeah. just have these shorter stories together because these people aren't getting attention and just because we don't have all the details doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we shouldn't be talking about it that's
1: exactly right because i mean i had that where i was thinking oh well this one doesn't have a lot of information and um, but i'm like it just pack it all pack it all in all these people that don't have all the information and see if it you know it could become a hit somewhere it could lead to something as long as you keep talking about it even if there's nothing but their name and their face plastered on an Instagram page it doesn't matter as long as we keep talking about it right you never know Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna end my portion of this episode by saying that every missing person no matter what race religion gender sexuality age is important we are equally important um, additionally, I personally know that leaving a dysfunctional and abusive relationship is an incredibly challenging thing to do. Um, you may love them, you may hate them, you may fear them, all at the same time. Um, you may even feel like you couldn't do any better at this point. Uh, one important thing to remember is that if someone loves you, their top priority is for you to be happy. Right. Um, domestic abuse is real, uh, just... Know if you are in a similar situation as Cassandra, you are not alone. You are loved, and you deserve a beautiful life. Um, we here at all of the Sins of Wisconsin are here for you. If you need any support or people to talk things out to, you, you can always reach out to us.
0: Yeah, and if we can't help, we have resources, mm-hmm. we can point you in the right direction. Yeah. But
1: yeah. that's my um, that's missing six. Well. Five, and then the other one was found. Yeah.
0: Great job. Thank you. (laughs) So today I'm going to talk about two unsolved murder cases in Wapaka County. These cases don't appear to be related, but they're often grouped together in the news reports because they're the only unsolved homicides in that county. Okay. And... When the former sheriff Brad Hardell was running for reelection, he was pushing the narrative like, I just need one more term and these cases are gonna be solved. Mm-hmm. And he had started a cold case investigation unit in cooperation with the Wisconsin Department of Justice to try to get that done. And it really did seem like he genuinely wanted these cases solved before he retired. But in 2018, he retired before the primary because of health concerns for himself and his parents. Okay. And then nobody talked about it ever again until today. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it. So the first case I want to discuss is the January 15th, 1978 murder of Marcella Carpenter. And for some reason, there's not like barely any information on this case. And I searched all of like my favorite armchair detective websites. Yeah. Like, somebody has to be talking about this. Right. And there's barely anything. So I'm going to share what I did find on her. Okay. She was 26 at the time of her murder and she was found in the living room of a burning house. They oh. don't say even say if it was her house. Wow. With a single stab wound after somebody was driving by and noticed that the house was on fire. They called it in. Like, oh there's a house fire God. and then they found her dead. And I would imagine in... This was in Clintonville. No shit. That that would be like shocking, right? That doesn't happen there.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we always
0: say that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Small sleepy town.
0: Where all the murders really happen? Yeah, seriously. I
1: know what happens here.
0: <laughs> so over the years, different su- different suspects have emerged, and one of them is James Rhodes, who is a lovely. Serial killer.
1: Oh shit.
0: Who's in prison in Florida for rape and murder. Mm. And then other suspects have been Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Elwood tool
1: Oh my god. I have had enough of um, those two. Of those two. <laughs> I'm up to here with those two. They do. And if you can't see, obviously my hand, it's way up there.
0: <laughs> they do the most. Mm. And there's really, just like I said, there's really nothing about this case they haven't shared any details besides this and it just seems like they're like well maybe it was this serial killer or this or the other one right or
1: it could have been that one the tool situation did you have you ever gone on like a deep dive on them no Mm. so a lot of the ones that they confessed to were actually not done by them
0: okay so So they just wanted the credit
1: well apparently the more that they talked to police, or Henry talked to police, the better like, the more he felt like he could do, like, he could have, like, smoke breaks, or he could have, like, a meal with them, or he could ride around with them. So he got, like, not special treatment, but, like, like, he was out of his cell more. He was talking to the cops more. He wasn't, like, sitting in a cell not doing anything. He was getting
0: benefits and attention.
1: Exactly. And at some points they henry said that he was like coerced and forced to confess Mm. but i I mean he's a piece of shit so i think he just did it for his own gain whether that would have been for a coke that day or for (laughs) you know longevity for his name yeah either way you can go fuck yourself (laughs) pretty
0: much And so the last article I could find written about this, besides the ones connected to the next murder I'm going to talk about, is from 1985. No. Yeah. So I would really like to know more about what happened. So if anyone knows any more details, please share with us. You can email or DM us. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the next case. This one is very strange. Okay.
1: Okay. The first one was strange. (laughs) They're all strange, (laughs) I guess.
0: (laughs) This is the unsolved murders of Tana Togstead and Tim Mumbrew. So Tana was 23 at the time of her death, and Tim was 35. And this occurred March of 1992 at at Tana's home on Butternut Ridge Road in the town of Royalton. And the pair were found stabbed to death at the rural farmhouse, which, from the articles, I believe it was Tana's residence. And the actual facts of this case are minimal, just like the Marcella Carpenter case. However, the theories abound in this one. And it's mainly one big theory with a whole lot of different people finding, like, crazy evidence to support it. So stick with me. It's going to get interesting. So first, the facts. At the time of the murder, Tana was working at a local cheese factory. Tim was working at the foundry. The couple had been dating for less than a year. The last sighting of the pair alive was at a tavern. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always at a tavern. Yep. I think Wisconsin writers really like to say tavern.
1: I like to say tavern.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever said it before. Me neither. Not as much as now. (laughs) They were at a local tavern in Clintonville. Oh, wow. Between 11.30 and midnight, they were seen there, on March 20th, 1992. And a couple of days later, the two would be found murdered. So, the cause of death for both of them was stabbing. Tana was stabbed twice. Tim was stabbed multiple times. And the theory is that he was trying to fight off the attacker. And they murdered Tana's dog.
1: (gasps) Fuck no. Yeah. No. Don't involve the dog.
0: Who can stab a dog? (sighs) No way.
1: Sickos. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And everybody has a different theory, like, about the who was murdered first, things like that. So let's get into the suspects. Okay. If any of these suspects are still alive and free and mad at me, that
1: sucks. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: At some point a man named Glendon Gauker became a person of interest. And I know he's not going to care because he sucks. Mm. So, in 2011, the police obtained DNA when Gauker was convicted of a horrendous crime in Oklahoma, which I'm going to get to that part of his story in a moment. Okay. So they get Glendon Gauker's DNA. They upload it to CODIS, and they expect to find evidence that he is linked to these murders. Mm -hmm. But, his DNA is apparently linked to this case in some manner, but they have not released the connection, and Gauker has not been charged. However, to everyone's surprise, the DNA led to Glendon Gauker being tied to a 1990 rape of a woman in Iola. Ugh. And they say a woman, but I think she was... Young. Okay.
1: Yeah, like if you're under 18, you're not a young woman. No. You're not a woman. That's a girl. That's a yes. little girl.
0: Mhm. So, in reviewing the public records, I found that he was tried and convicted of first-degree sexual assault with the use of a weapon with an enhancer for concealing his identity and then on August 16th, 2013, He was sentenced to 25 years in prison for that case to be solved consecutively to his cases in Oklahoma. The information I obtained from newspaper articles in Wisconsin stated that Glaucker had moved to Oklahoma after committing the rape. And in Oklahoma, he was charged with murdering a man and placing him in a 55-gallon drum in 2010. And he's currently serving between three and five life sentences in Oklahoma, depends on... Who's doing the reporting. <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't know. After two, does doesn't really matter? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's get into the Oklahoma case. Okay. This one takes place in 2010. And as always, Web Sleuth has a very detailed version of the twisted story. Mm-hmm. So the story starts off weird as fuck. Okay. When the first sentence says something about Galker and his wife slash sister.
1: <gasps> no. Oh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Do you, okay. So, she's... do you remember going to get your marriage license and they ask if you are related? Yes. I was. I asked the person like straight out. I'm like, do people say yes? And she's like, sometimes. I'm like, no. Why? I love that you're just like me. I always ask the weird
0: questions, and then people are like, uh, "Lady, no. you asked
1: me first, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right?" Yeah, so she's not only his wife, but his half-sister. And how that uh, marriage situation came to be, there's different versions. Like, they really wanted to be together, or he was forcing her to be with him. So, who knows? People have forgiven her. I still hate her. So, there's that. Mm. So, these two weird people lured a couple... Ethan Walton and his girlfriend, Amanda Burney, to their home on the pre- on the premise of buying some land from Ethan Walton. Oh, wow. So they said it believes that Galker was a passing acquaintance of Ethan's father. And then, so Ethan had land to sell. This guy knew his dad, so they were going to go out there. The guy Galker had called and said, like, hey, want to come out here and do this deal? So when they arrived, the men went out back to the shed while Amanda Bernie waited in the vehicle. Okay, so can we all agree not to sign deals in sheds? Like, why? Yeah, no, you don't do that. Everything should
1: be, like, on Mm -hmm. a coffee table in a living room (laughs) or, like, at the kitchen table or something. Not in a (laughs) shed.
0: At a lawyer's
1: office. (laughs) (laughs) Or that. Or e-sign.
0: We so right. never oh, have to look love at each other. <laughs>
1: yes, I love E sign.
0: <laughs> so the pair entered the shed. Oh, okay, I missed the part. Okay, so then Michelle Gawker, the sister wife, comes.
1: <laughs> out- <laughs> oh my God, that should not be a thing. Do not be a sister wife.
0: <laughs> Do not. She comes out to the vehicle and she tells Miss Bernie that she needed to be a witness. So. Bernie is thinking this is to be a witness to signing the paperwork. This is not what this strange woman meant mm. at all. So as the pair entered the shed, they discovered that Mr. Walton was bleeding and unconscious. And before Miss Bernie could react, because I'm sure she was in freaking shock, yeah, the Gaukers um, tied her up and raped her.
1: Oh, they and both did?
0: Well, it sounds like...
1: I guess it doesn't Mrs. even matter Galker, The
0: sister wife yeah. was like the one that wanted to tie her up. I don't know if she
1: assaulted her or not it that just proves that women can be as d- evil as men. It's not that's there's no gender. It's not right. men are all evil and women are you know right yeah they're we're we're all fucked <laughs> seriously.
0: So then eventually they moved her inside of the trailer where they continued assaulting her and Mrs. Gawker, the sister wife, would come and periodically check and make sure she was still tied up. So one of these times, Miss Kearney had broken free. Oh, thank God. You go, girl. And she stabbed Mrs. Gawker in the hand. Yes. And escaped. Yes. Wow. You never hear of that. No. And she actually did like a TV show and stuff, so you can see her version of the story
1: Oh, okay.
0: After the police. Okay, so she escapes. She manages to get to a home nearby, and luckily the woman trusted her, like that this was really happening, let her in the house, and hid her from oh. the Galkers because they were chasing her, no. trying to find her. No. And she's like, nope, I haven't seen her. Good. So wow. then she calls the police, and the police arrive, mm-hmm. and they also believe Miss Bernie. Okay. Which doesn't always happen either. Right. So they went straight to the Galker property to search it. Mm-hmm. And then they found Ethan Walton dead and sealed in a 55 gallon drum with handcuffs on. Okay, so this is what happened that led to the collection of Galker's DNA mm-hmm. that got him convicted in Wisconsin. Now, Galker was supposed to receive the death penalty for this case, which. I mean, if there's ever a death penalty case, that should be it, right? However, the prosecutor agreed and uh, Mr. Walton's mother agreed to take the death penalty off of the table if Gauker would cooperate with the Wisconsin authorities on these unsolved murders, which he agreed to do. Because they have his DNA. They know he knows something. Okay. So... You're going to get five life sentences instead of death, I guess, was his alternative.
1: You're going to die in prison. So I guess that's not as... I mean, at least he's not getting let off. Right. And a lot of people were really excited
0: about this lead. Like, the news articles at the time really thought this was going to be it. Mm -hmm. However, the police have indicated he is not by any means the only person of interest or even their top person of interest. Wow. Yeah. So the next part of this twisted story, on November 21st, 2013, the Republican Eagle, which I can imagine is a great publication.
1: <laughs> oh, they oh, we're getting political. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they published an article stating that Wayne Shields, the owner of the Western store B Bar 10 in Amherst, had been accused of the murders of Tana and Tim. He came to the paper and he said, they're accusing me of these crimes. Mm. And at the time, no authorities have published his name as a person of interest. However, Lane told the reporter that investigators had searched his store for nearly 12 hours on two separate occasions. The Tuesday before he called the paper and also the previous March. Shields claimed he consented to both searches because he had nothing to hide. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So... His statement to reporters did not end there. He spoke to basically anybody that would listen to him over the years. Oh, my God. And if you're wondering why he thought he might be a suspect, so was I. Yeah. So let me get to the correlation. Yeah. So according to Shields, Gauker implicated him in the murders. So that deal that he caught to not get the death penalty, he implicated Lane Shields as the murderer. Mm Mm-hmm. And Gauker had once been an employee of S.H.I.E.L.D.S.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So they do know each other. Right. And it seemed like other people in Gauker's family had also known S.H.I.E.L.D.S. But some of it was just, like, a little too, like, weird and not factual (laughs) for me to share. I'm not going to, like, a web sleuth can be really helpful or really, really crazy. They, like, go at it, though. Oh, man. There's, like... Twelve pages about this case of comments. If anybody wants to go down the rabbit hole, right. like y'all, I did, y'all can
1: go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I looked further into these statements from Shields, and I did confirm that Gauker did implicate him. So Gauker stated that he drove Shields to Tana's residence on the night of the murder, and that he knows Shields went inside and murdered the couple. But he, of course, stayed in the car because, I mean.
1: Why wouldn't yeah? Yeah, what? I no. mean he's
0: a he's a murderer, but he didn't want to do this one apparently.
1: Right.
0: So, other reports indicate that Shields has also been questioned about the disappearance of his sister-in-law, Bonnie Marie Rapinski, who went missing in 1975 from Menasha.
1: Oh, and then? the
0: murder of two other people. Some reports suggest not only has he, been, has he been accused of murdering these people, but he also has been accused of burying them on his land in Tomahawk. Wow. Yeah, and then like a random side fact from Web, Web Sleuths. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> Tana was a rodeo rider, and what the Republican Eagle called a western store, Web sluice calls more like a rodeo store. It's the so same they thing. think that yeah, basically right. Yeah. So they think it's possible that she could have been in the store before. Okay. Because I don't know how many rodeo stores are around the area. In Tomahawk, you said. His store was in Amherst.
1: I don't even know where that is.
0: Right outside Stevens Point. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like a little country place. Hmm. And then the story gets weirder because people uncover that Shields was previously known as Lloyd Rapinski Jr. But at some point he changed his name to Lane Shields, I think in the 70s. And now he might have just wanted to change his name. I don't really know the reason. Yeah. He might have wanted to get away from some of his family because apparently they're all fraught with problems. So I don't know. And then as for the current status of Shields, the store he owned one up for auction at some point but the listing doesn't include a date but i was able to find that he has a federal firearms license like to sell firearms which is concerning to me yeah it doesn't expire until april of 2020 but i don't know if he's still living or not because he would be like almost 80 right now
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and his store went up for auction so i don't know if he's still living or not But I did find notes from a town board meeting in December 2015. He petitioned to have the classification of his property changed from agricultural to commercial and to allow the sale of firearms. So that was something that happened after he was a suspect. And they still approved the petition, which I thought was weird too. But maybe they don't go on web sleuths. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want anyone to think I'm like accusing anyone of anything. Mm. We don't want to get sued. No, we're not going to. We're not in that (laughs)
1: business.
0: (laughs) The whole thing is just really weird. And the more I look into it, the weirder it gets. Like, there are numerous homicides and missing persons linked to the Rapinski and Galker families, not to just them as individuals, but the whole families. Like, it gets really weird. Like, talking about the Paradise Club and people that used to work there and their connections to people up north. And it's all. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But the most common theory at this point, from Web Sleuth, not from me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: To be clear. (laughs) To be clear.
0: Is that Galker and Shields committed the murder together, and possibly with the help of other persons, or another person.
1: Mm, Yeah, it sounds like maybe his wife is also maybe a person to be looked into, because apparently she... Does not care about n- doing things that are just...
0: Oh, just wait.
1: You're oh, going to get mad. Oh, man. I'm already mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we know that Gawker's di- DNA is tied to the scene, but we don't know how. And we know that Gawker put shields there, so, I mean, mm-hmm. either Gawker is just lying. Right. Because, I mean, that is a big part of his personality. Right. But I'm not sure why he would pick shields over other people to blame, because... All accounts have them as being good friends. So that part is weird to me.
1: Do psychopaths actually care about their friends, though, or care about anybody? Oh, that's
0: a good point. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I feel like I don't friendships think, I mean, for I mean them. he married
0: his sister, so I don't think he cares about a lot. I know.
1: I, everything's out the window.
0: No, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as for like current going on, goings on in this case, <laughs> I do the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Tana's brother Richard Togsted appreciates the efforts by law enforcement to solve his sister's case. He's been quoted as saying they'll get it solved, he said. How soon? I don't know. But that was back in 2015, and I can't find any information indicating that the case has made any headway since that time. I really hope that it does get solved. Me too. And as for the women involved in this case, Michelle Galker was released from prison early. Why? I do not know.
1: Yeah, like, what, on good behavior? Basically.
0: She was sentenced to 20 years in September of 2012 for her role in the kidnapping of Ethan Walton and Amanda Burney. And instead, she was released on probation in September of 2017. So she did five years for a murder and an accomplice to rape, two kidnappings, and she did five years. Five years. I know people that have done more time for that for weed. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. And
1: it's like kind of a message to the public that you can do horrendous things to, you know, the, the degree of taking somebody's life and violating their bodies and holding them against their will. And you will get only five years. Mm-hmm. So it makes it, it look like it, it's almost like, Oh, I'm only going to get five years. So, what's. Yeah. It's not a big deal.
0: Right. And the prosecutor in the case said that this was a Department of Corrections decision and he had no control over that because he does the sentencing, right? He does the recommendation. But once they get to the Department of Corrections, they kind of
1: do their own thing.
0: Do their own thing. And I guess they decided she was rehabilitated. Oh. Which I'm all for rehabilitation but cases like this are really concerning to me and I hope she got the help she needed prior to release but I don't think five years of counseling could undo decondition everything like if she truly was a victim of Gawker 2 which is possible it could be possible but how do you get deconditioned in five years to be a normal
1: upstanding citizen to not be a brother fucker (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: <sighs> I and I didn't find anything about her after her release. She doesn't have like, a Facebook with her name. On. I,
1: I would, you know, <laughs> I I would laugh if she did. <laughs> if she did, oh my god, just god. out there on I would Facebook, keep making it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, we'd call her out.
0: <laughs> and then I'm gonna end on a positive note. Yes, so, please. Amanda Bernie is doing well, and she runs a Facebook page called the Official Bernie. Where she shares encouragement with other survivors of trauma. And she appeared on an episode of ID's Deadly Silent where she discussed her heroine story. And she really just tries to be there for other people that just need to talk, vent, whatever. And she still misses Ethan and of course is still haunted by this, but she's living a good life now.
1: Well, that's really So good I'm happy her, that yeah.
0: somebody in this case was able to persevere. And I'll link all my sources on our page.
1: I love when somebody can go through something so traumatic in that way. And, th- you know, I see a lot of people, like, go and do things for other people, like, mm-hmm. do nonprofits, profits or I just want to help other people that have gone through or, yeah, have gone through what they've gone through. And it's just... It's so crazy. They're so strong for doing that. Yeah. You know, they they have to think about that on a daily basis and then go and help other people. Yeah. That's so awesome. And
0: then other people use their trauma as an excuse to be a terrible person. Right. But They're just weak,
1: in my opinion. Agreed. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so thank you guys for
1: being with us again today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our stumbles and our <laughs> stutters and everything else. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're gonna be back next week. Um, I th- I think we typically release on Fridays, so um, yeah, we'll see you next Friday. And if you haven't already, uh, go like us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Um, all the sins of Wisconsin, WI. Um, and if you have anything interesting, um, email us at all the sins of Wisconsin, WI at gmail.com um but other than that i think we're good yeah wrap it up yay
0: all (laughs) right we love you guys love you Bye. bye All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love.
1: If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com episodes of all the sins of wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget we we love love you. you